welcome to the Traffic Masters Show. Each week, Traffic Masters explores the lifeblood of your business, generating traffic, turning visitors into leads, and conversion strategies. Mastering traffic and conversion allows you to grow a business you love and live the life of your dreams. Welcome to the show. Well, welcome everyone to another episode of Traffic Masters here on Blog Talk Radio. I am your co-host, Gina Gaudio-Graves, the dean and founder of Directions University, the co-founder of Divisio, the all-new affiliate network for people in all niches, and soon we are also co-founder of TheLeveragists.com. We have my partner in crime, Jack Humphrey, joining us. Jack is the Associate Dean of Directions University and the co-founder of The Leveragists and Divisio. Hello, Jack. Man, we have a long list of co-founding things, don't we? Man, we keep growing and growing and growing. (laughs) By the way, if anybody needs us to co-found anything with you, just get a hold of us on our Facebook page. (laughs) There I'm you done. Go. That's that's enough. That's enough. This will take up the rest of 2016. Uh, the Leverage Black Book is coming out today, if we're lucky. Um, <laughs> we got a lot left to do. And final touch. I on think tomorrow's more likely. Day. I think tomorrow's yeah. more likely, but I'm still being hopeful. I mean, if I get it done by 11:59 tonight, it will still have come out today. So we're going for it. <laughs> well. Everybody on the show is going, the Leverage Black Book, what the hell are you talking about, Jack? So, um, the last Black Book I did uh, was the Authority Black Book back in 2007. And it did really, really well, um, so I kept the name. Um, But we're talking about leverage this time. And it's everything that Gina and I know about leverage. I mean, everything. And so, you know, people call you Leveragina, for good reason, and um, I've learned an awful lot from you in the years we've been together, and a lot more about leverage. Wow, uh, and making life simpler, and speeding up our goals between today and the biggest goal that you have for your business. Basically, I'm going to get my wrap down once I get on tour. We're going on a, a big, fat, long. <laughs> tour of podcasts and blogs and everywhere else uh, that we have lined up for the Black Book to promote it. So uh, it'll sound a lot more eloquent than that just did. That's awesome. I think Dan's joining us today, too. Are you here, Dan? I am. Hello. Hello, hello. I can't hello. wait for Jack. Uh, many people have been wanting Jack's little Black Book. <laughs> It doesn't feel very little. It feels like a great big black book. <laughs> but I think that's well, just because and, I'm on the tail end of editing it. And I know lots of people have always asked me for my little black book in the form of all the Ask GGG links that exist. And really, a lot of them are in the Leverage black book, aren't they, Jack? Yeah. Right. I mean, it's really a compilation. Somebody had to sit down and really just talk about leverage because it permeates everything that we do, everything we teach at Directions University and to our uh, clients. And, you know, it it was spaced out among a lot of other things. And really the bottom line, if there was a thread that ran through anything that you teach, Gina, what would it be? Leverage. It is the cause of everything I teach. 
exactly. You know, it's funny, too, because I make a big deal out of it, and we do both you in the forward as well, about how much um, how much people work, right? A lot of people are really working like dogs out there. And it's sort of starting to feed on itself, like a snake eating its tail or something like that, because what I've noticed over the years is that people – Learn how to do what they do. I mean, some people will break through that invisible barrier uh, where they're starting a business, they're starting a blog, an affiliate business, or a coaching or consulting business, and they'll break through with brute force and huge effort and sometimes medical bills and couples counseling just to get to where they're pretty moderately successful. And the first thing those people do is turn around and write a course on how they did it. So now we've got tens of thousands of courses out there <laughs> and blog posts and articles and everything else saying, here's how I became moderately, I put that in, successful, and you can too. Just buy my course or read my blog post, and what do they teach? The only thing they know, how to work really, really, really hard to do something that doesn't need to take that much work. <laughs> and so now everybody's out there learning from the same people, learning the same kind of system. There are... I put in the book and then I took it out, but I'm going to use it now. It's easier to find an uneaten Snickers bar on a fat farm than there is a deep leverage discussion. And it's true, right, Gina? It's like you you don't find anybody talking about anything other than the obligatory outsourcing discussion. You should outsource or get a VA, and you should um, you know, eliminate tasks that you shouldn't be doing, and, and it's all organizational stuff. Have you heard a deep conversation around leverage beyond that in the last five years? Are you muted? She might be. Well, you know, I I'm am muted. I'm sitting here talking yeah. away, and I said, <laughs> I don't, Jack. At most, I hear itty-bitty little baby pieces of conversations about leverage. It's mentioned in passing. I've never heard anyone who teaches or on a done-for-you basis does business where they start with leverage, and leverage permeates literally everything that they do the way that it does for us. Yeah, I mean... Go ahead, Dan. Go ahead. Well, what I want to say is they're all doing it. They're not sharing it. I got to say at least <laughs> once a week on Facebook, somebody in the marketing niche will come out with some tirade about how someone has a, has contacted them to do a joint venture or to do something, and it has just offended them because they didn't do it right. They didn't pay their dues. They sent the email the wrong way. They blah, 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 whatever it is, right? And it's a whole lot of that all over. It's like, how dare you? How dare you interrupt me mm -hmm. thinking you have anything to share to my group? You didn't even blah, 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 right? And so the message out there is that this is a really horrible thing to do wrong. Um, uh, everybody's screwing it up. And But at the same time, if you and I've always noticed this, if you look at their businesses, they're teaching these classes about how to do stuff. But then when you ask them, well, how did you get 50,000 people to come to your launch? It was somebody else's group. <laughs> <It wasn't laughs> they got a JV. 
Okay. So what's you the difference? And it's leverage. And uh, mm-hmm. and so, but they're not, and except I did, I will say, Nicole um, Dean taught a class on how to do, how to do great joint ventures and how to approach people. And it was really great. I took it at NAMS, and uh, she did a great, uh, you know, two-hour presentation on that. And so she really talked about it, you know, real clearly and honestly. But I think there is a lot of misinformation and also a a bit of a sort of a pecking order. You know, it's almost like a you got to be in the club or you're out of the club. Mm-hmm. And mentality around it. Um, well, there's a there's a lot of that. Um, and all the answers to everything that you just talked about and more are in the Leverage Black Book. I wish I had a link right now. If you guys wanted to get on the uh, pre-notification list, that's still up at the Leveragist dot com it's leveragists with an s at the end dot com uh but and you can get on that list. Of it, the leveragists dot com yeah so so to your points uh jan it's just a bunch of misinformation one one of the things that people have kind of forgotten about um the internet is a giant giant feedback loop and, and when we put stuff up, when's the last time you took down something? Like you're, I got to go take that down. That's bad information, or that's outdated. You won't even remember that you put it up. It could be a blog post from 2013 on SEO. That is absolutely out of date. I don't care who wrote it. The biggest experts in the world could have written that, and it's out of date. They're not going to go back and take that out. If that showed up in a search result for you. You could set yourself down a path of doing SEO that's completely outdated, could probably even get your site banned from Google. <laughs> even though it was great in 2013, it, you know, that stuff changes. So does the advice on joint ventures. Now, there's two sides to the joint venture thing. There is this um, holier-than-thou kind of thing that you described with the gurus or the people with big lists. We call them thought leaders or authorities, whatever. But then there's also this self-defeating attitude uh, among people who look at joint ventures, get rejected once or twice, and then and then start labeling it an old boys club or something like that. Both of those are wrong. Both of those are wrong things to do. You shouldn't be a butthead when somebody approaches you if they're really nice and everything and they're not being buttheads. But you also shouldn't just walk away with your tail between your legs going, ah, it's an old boys club, I'm just going to go back to this really super hard you know, social media stuff. I'm going to try to tie a cat photo to my business and see if I can't make it go viral or something. Don't give up. The problem is people need stuff. One of the things that I was editing last night was um, as I was listening to Joe Polish's uh, podcast, which Gina reminded me I needed to be listening to, and I'm like, all right, let me catch up, and I'm listening while I'm doing notes and everything. And he was talking about how he um, became friends with Richard Branson, and I don't care who else you talk to in the world, if you, if you know somebody who figured out how to become friends with Richard Branson, you know somebody who's a leveragist and who can do it with anybody else in the world if you can get a super busy billionaire um, to not only work with you but be your friend. And Joe said some really important stuff. One is he doesn't try to ask anybody for anything unless he brings value to the table. He doesn't like people doing things for him. If somebody got him a, an interview with a celebrity, a big star or whatever, which happens all the time, he helps the person out who made the introduction, and he also helps the person out who 
uh, uh, he's, he's been introduced to. He brings something to the table for everybody. How he got in with Richard Branson was first he fell in love with Virgin Unite, which is Branson's foundation, which he's, you know, Joe really believes in. So he made a massive donation to it, but not with some kind of marketer's eye on the outcome. I'm going to make a big donation to his foundation, and then I'm going to, you know, like lobbyists do with politicians. They totally expect something in return for that. You can't do that as a leveragist. You just have to know that things come to you because of the good that you do in the world, period. And you don't even have to ask if you do it right. You don't have to ask for a joint venture with somebody if you do, uh, if you do it right. And if, if, if a joint venture is exactly what you want and you don't even ask for it, how in the world does it even happen? You bring something to the table. What these guys typically get mad about, and so do I, is when somebody comes and says, I've got this product, it pays this commission, and a whole bunch, a litany of other things that I could care less about. I don't care. Everybody's got a product. Everybody has a commission. Everybody <laughs> thinks that their product is the best in the world, and you just approached me the way everybody approaches me except for the little tiny percentage of people that either innately get this from birth, they were born with a leveragist heart, or they learned it from somebody like Joe, who never comes to anybody's table empty-handed. And, it, you know, it's just like bringing wine over for dinner and having a conversation start by why you picked that wine. This is really nice. This is really good. All of a sudden, rapport is building. And, and you know, things happen from there. Eventually people are going to find out because you're interesting and you first sought to do them good, do something good by them, by going and finding out your potential JV partners, foundations, charities, things they like to do, hobbies, do they have kids, what they do this weekend. The way to approach a JV partner, a potential JV partner, is all over the web. The clues are right there. You just can't see them because you're not thinking like a leveragist. Start thinking like a leveragist. It's like putting special glasses on. And now when you look at the web, you see nothing but opportunity. And potential JV partners lay out the roadmap for what they care about, what they want, what they like, how they like to be approached, how they like to work with people, the kinds of people they are working with. It's all on their Facebook feed. It's not even hidden. You just go and look. <laughs> and if you can't be friends with them, go to their Facebook page on their business. Everybody's learned that you have to be sociable. You have to be open, and you don't just market all the time. So people's Facebook pages for their businesses are, are open books of ways that they like to be approached, things that they need, things they love. So if you go and tell somebody, hey, I just uh, I really love what you're doing with your foundation, or I really love the charity work you're doing, I really love um, the kids organization that you support, I can't believe you teach, uh, you coach um, Little League, I, I, this is really, you know, just all these little things, you come to the table with something, bearing gifts, and then they get to know you, and then they're like, wow, you're different. You're not like that butthead before who just held out his hand and said, would you do a JV with me? I, I'd pay you a bunch of commissions. That's what they hate. So what they love is, a, you know, a walking pattern interruption that is what a leveragist is. It's a human pattern interruption. And sometimes your biggest difficulty is being taken for real like we all have our guards up so much over marketers icky marketers taking advantage of us all the time that 
we can't hardly believe it for a minute when somebody's standing before us as a genuine person who actually cares about how our day's going. We can't believe it, right? Because marketers have learned a little bit about that, and they've tried to fake it, which we mostly see coming from a mile away. But you know, it's something that we have our backs up against. We're, we're guarded against those kinds of things. Once well, people realize that you're the real deal, yeah, go ahead. Uh, well, you know, Phaedra just said something. She was at some workshop this weekend, which I can't remember what it was. But she said uh, the whole workshop was about, you know, people are not uh, pebbles to be funneled. You know, it's <laughs> like they're people. And uh, so there's kind of an inherent issue with treating your one, your list like it's something to be funneled, and two, treating your the the partners as though they're, um, you know, basically just assets to be, you know, utilized. Yeah. And one of the things that it, I've it, noticed is that that's a the thing about leverage is really relationship building. Right. Well, yeah. I mean. It it seems to make sense when you just slow down long enough and talk about it and think about it. Like none of this is really earth-shattering stuff, I'm sure. But it's the thing that everybody seems to forget right off the bat. They just lose their ever-loving minds and they go and do the craziest, dumbest stuff and then complain about it. Like this is the funny part. Somebody will do something really dumb and they'll go on Facebook and say, I can't believe... And they'll just tell on themselves, and I'll shake my head. I won't even respond, and I'll go, well, I wouldn't have talked to you either if you'd have done that to me, you know, and then come on Facebook. Now, I know I'm never going to talk to you because you're going to blab it all to everybody if I don't want to do a JV with you. So oh, man, double. is that the truth? Yeah. Yeah. Well, you know, yeah. that's kind of how I feel like when people come out and they blast how somebody does something, and then they talk about how hard they work to do whatever they're doing, um, when really there's nobody that builds any business that isn't leveraging with someone else, you know, right. um, because we live nobody in a Nobody does community. it by themselves. Yeah, exactly. And, you know, the thing about leverage and what I love that y'all talk about that's different than just making joint ventures is how it's a symbiotic win-win-win as well as being strategic about not just who you choose, but how you choose it and what the end goal is. You right. know, a lot of people think and, the end goal that, is their launch. So talk about that a little, Jack. Well, the end goal and the way that you worded that, it, just flip it all the way back around, and that's where the leverage starts, right? It's the end goal. And the big end goal for everybody if you you know you get mired down in everything that you do on a day-to-day -day basis to build your business and you forget almost completely why you started it in the first place. Now if you think back to when you started your business, what were the thoughts that were going through your head? Cuz they're radically different from the thoughts you have running through your head today. Today you've got to get a podcast done. Today you've got to get a blog post up. Today you've got to go to social media. You got all these things to do. But go back to when you first started your business when you were imagining what the possibilities were and you were dreaming up the outcome that you wanted as your business took off, 
as it grow as it grew as people started finding out about it as you started you know hitting different benchmarks of success on your way to a goal so many people forget what that goal even was after they've been in it for 9 12 months 2 years 5 6 years you know it, it, it people would be hard pressed for the most part to even remember the big one why am i doing this what did, what did i want it to be when I laid awake at night thinking about how cool my domain name was, how my idea for the product was just so awesome and everybody in the world needs this and that kind of energy. Remember that? Because every single one of you had that exact night when you launched, whether you thought you did or not, something launched emotionally in you when you wanted your business to be this thing. When's the last time you thought about that? And what today are you doing with your blog post, podcast, social media update, or anything else that's actually going to speed your ascension to that level of success? Probably hardly anything you're doing today is going to actually contribute significantly to that big goal that you forgot about, the reason you're doing this all in the first place. That's the big, big, big outcome. And that's what I want to remind people for, you know, <laughs> the rest of this year and, and beyond is you, you had a big goal. You had a big thing and you're hiding behind your blog posting, your social media and your sweat and you know you believe all those memes that Mark Cuban comes out with, work like somebody's working 24 hours to take it all away from you and all that bullshit. All that stupid, stupid work for work's sake, uh, hard work mythology that people from Henry Ford, who's quoted all the way to Colin Powell, to just about every industry tycoon and corporate CEO and success story, they all say the same stuff as if they all went to the same college of BS. Like, work hard, perseverance, you know, practice hard, work hard, and you'll get there. Well, you know, Dedication. it worked for them. <laughs> i got to tell you, it hadn't been no, working it didn't. for me. It didn't, in fact, work for them. Not Mark Cuban, not Colin Powell. We wouldn't know those two names right now if it wasn't for leverage. We would have never heard of them. Mavericks would have been owned by a whole different person. Colin Powell would have never done what he, he did, uh, rising to the ranks of a general and all that stuff and in, the, in, in government. We would have never heard of either one of those guys if it wasn't for one thing and one thing only. Not just hard work. They worked hard, and so do leverages. But leverage is what got them there. One of my favorite quotes is if, and I'm going to just paraphrase it because I'm going to mess it up uh, if I try to do okay. it exactly. If hard work was the key to success, every woman in Africa would be a millionaire. Oh, that's a truth. Think about that for a second. If hard work, perseverance, perfection, dedication, sacrifice, if all of that BS alone were enough to make you a billionaire, What's wrong with all those hard-working women in the, in the fields in Africa? Why are they not millionaires yet or thousandaires or anything? It's absolutely patently false. It's unprovable, actually, that just hard work alone will do anything for anybody because lots and lots of people on this planet work their butts off every single day. Lots of entrepreneurs with their own businesses work their butts off every single day. But there's only one person on Time Magazine's cover every month. There's only <laughs> there's a very, very few people that you go around and interview who have a startup that took off and, and went into 
a billion dollar uh, IPO. There's only so many people out of the seven point whatever billion people we have now that have reached the levels of success, success that we dream of with our businesses that have anything to show for it, and not a single one of them can say with a straight face that hard work alone, perseverance alone, got them where they were. And certainly, and most importantly, they alone didn't get themselves there alone. They relied on leverage. They relied on other people. We rely on Facebook. If Zuckerberg hadn't created that thing, we wouldn't have that huge leverage point in our businesses right now. You didn't create Facebook. I didn't create Facebook. How can you say you succeeded alone if a huge amount of your traffic comes from Facebook? You can't. You're lying. You can't. You're lying to yourself. So I was do I went through another one with uh, I was just going through Wikipedia and looking up celebrity bios to see what what Wikipedia said about their ascent to success, how they got where they were, and we are so brainwashed as a culture that. We, we do things without even thinking about it, and they're really stupid after you shine a light on them. This will be one of those ones. You'll never think about this again the same way for the rest of your life. Read anybody's bio on Wikipedia. I have in the book Pitbull. He's a rapper, and I don't know why he came to mind. Uh, he just did, and I thought this will get people's attention. They won't forget the example because it's so weird. So I chose him, and you read his bio, and it looks like Pitbull, this guy, did it all himself. Even people who write bios for other people are trained, trainwashed <laughs> to uh, write bios for people, giving them this hero status with a cape on their back like, yeah, he made this album, and then he got famous. It was all him. It wasn't producers. It certainly wasn't him showing up on the biggest stages in rap with, his, with you know, contributions to other people who already had an audience, already put together, who made his name a household name. They did that. I mean, he probably he put himself in a position to to get lucky, so to speak. He put himself in a position to get there, where somebody would say, "Hey, you, I want you on my next single," and I and I you know I sold 10 million albums last year, so now Pitbull, completely unknown, is on an album that sold 10 million copies. Do you think it's going to be easy for Pitbull to come out with his own album after that? Yes, and he most certainly did, and that's how his career started. He continued to go on J-Lo's albums and everybody else's, and it's really debatable whether or not he could have gotten where he is today had he not had that star power and that idea where he had a leveragist heart. He, he figured out where to go and what to do, just with, you know, without reading our book. <laughs> but, That's I mean, like, he figured it out. But everybody does it. Everybody uses leverage. They just don't think about it as leverage, right? I mean, you know, you 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 drive a car instead of walking because you understand leverage. Gets me there faster. I'll be able to have more time at work. Sad thing is we fill all that extra time savings that we get with technology up with more work. <laughs> and you can't do that if you're going to be a lifestyle business owner, right? Well, no, but, we fill you know, it up trying to, to figure out the technology. <laughs> Or yeah, even that. This is going to save me so much time. Oh my God! Yeah, fifteen hours later. None of us still know how to use our DVR. (laughs) Yeah. So yeah, so so they write those bios. People, everybody is part of this matrix. And I don't know if I'll ever go. I'll probably go to my grave using this example. But 
it's a popular example. Everybody understands the Matrix movies. Everybody's seen them. And the thing is, the experts are just as clueless as the people they're teaching. And the people they're teaching are seeking guidance from people who are clueless. They're all part of the problem, and they don't understand it. So it, it, the person who goes and contributes to a page and does a bio, does an interview with somebody or whatever, immediately starts to get out their hero's journey guidebook and you know what they learned in college or wherever they learned it to how to write stories and all that stuff. And they, they just make the next person they're doing a bio for or interviewing their hero of the story. So now if you go look up Pitbull and just write the word rapper after that uh, on Wikipedia, read through that and tell me if it doesn't read as if he really did all of that stuff. Like he got himself on that producer's record. He didn't. He was talented enough and worked hard enough at his craft that the producer noticed it and wanted to put him on his record. Those are two different things. You know, so you can't say the way those bios read, and then go read anybody else's bio. It looks like they're just all self-made. And that's what I mean by you know, people who do the news, people who uh, everybody's kind of in this matrix of misunderstanding about how the world operates. And so you go to Wikipedia, you go to their web pages, whatever, and it's all edifying them. And it very little uh, usually about you know, how other people because you're here to see me, right? You're on my website. So I'm just going to talk about myself, and I'm going to talk about everything as if I didn't need anything from anybody or use any leverage to get where I am. I just use that stupid meme that goes around Facebook, perseverance, dedication, sacrifice, ten times this and ten times that. It's all BS that everybody's buying into, and that's what I want to wake everybody up from uh, for, for 2016. I want to wake everybody up from that trance because it's not true. So... One of the things, when you start with the outcome, that was a hell of a digression, and I'm proud of myself to get all the way back to your question, Jan. <laughs> but to get to, to get to your outcome, whatever you think it's going to take to do that is probably wrong, and you need to go check your facts. You need to go check what you think about when you think about your path to success because it's very, very likely that some or even all of it is wrong or needs to be somehow corrected. doesn't mean you've done anything wrong or that you've done anything bad at all. I'm, I'm not criticizing you. I'm criticizing your plan because I know where your plan came from. It came from really, really bad advice. And it starts with you have to work really hard. You've got to pay your dues like the JV guys say. He hasn't paid his dues. He doesn't deserve to be talking to me. All that stuff... When you hear that, you think that that's the way it is. If Mr. Guru says, I haven't paid my dues, I'm going to go back and pay dues, whatever I think that means, which, which some people take to mean I'm going to bury my head, I'm going to create a bunch of content, I'm going to write another book, I'm going, to, I'm going to do all this stuff so I can go to Mr. Guru, who affected me, which he shouldn't have, but he did, when he said to me, I didn't pay my dues yet, I don't deserve to be here. That affects people, and it screws up their entire plan. They lay awake in bed that night when they came up with their idea, their domain name, their book idea, their product, whatever it was. It totally takes a dump on that, and it makes you forget why you were even in this. Now your goal is to go back and do whatever you think paying your dues is so you can win over people like the jerk that said you, hadn't, you didn't deserve to be in front of them. That's not the path. That's the wrong path. That's why I say I can guarantee 
that everybody who gets in front of me has got something that they're doing not so right, that they're going in kind of the wrong direction or completely the opposite direction of where they wanted to go when they started. So if, if, if we can get everybody to forget for a second where you are right now, kind of like when you're taught to meditate and you just focus on your breathing and you close your eyes and you, you concentrate on nothing and you let thoughts come in and you let them go <laughs> and, and you don't dwell and you get into a state that anybody can explain as, as real true bliss. Anyone who's really successfully meditated or does it on a regular basis for sure. If you can do that with your business right now, forget the heck out of everything that you're doing, everything that you think you need to do, all those courses that you bought that said you need to do social media this way. In fact, you need to become a social media star in your niche. You need to be a maven. Forget all about the stuff that people told you about content marketing and how many times you've got to post a day or a week or a month and how you've got to camp out on that stuff on social to make sure people come from social back to your site because you can't get found in search anymore because you don't have time to do search engine marketing because of the other two things I just talked about. Now it's the end of the day, and you're either going to stay up and burn the midnight oil and go on Facebook and ask somebody what the supplements are that you take to do 17-hour days, or you're going to go to bed. But either way, the day is over. You didn't even get around to showing up in the search engines, which is something that the search engine guys with their courses would have you spending every waking moment on there because they totally, truly believe in search engine marketing. And so, so the Facebook guy believes the same thing. Facebook need to be doing this all the time. The social media, Instagram, Snapchat, all that stuff. You need to be making videos all the time. And you need to be proud to get 42 views on that video. You need to be proud of that because let me take you down a notch. It's not that easy to do this stuff, and you should be proud to work hard. You should be proud when you get three hits on something that you worked your ass off on for, for days sometimes because it will accumulate, and eventually in nine trillion years, you will have everything you wish in your business. You will have all the customers and everything else. The problem is the nine trillion years part. And it may not take you exactly that long, but it might as well. Because before you ever hit your success, statistically speaking, you're going to already be looking for a job again. If you're a full-time entrepreneur now and you've got a little bit of a timeline before things start getting a little iffy in your bank account, um, that you've got to make this thing work, beyond that point, you're going to be back at work. So it doesn't even make sense to start in this adventure if you have a plan that goes beyond your ability to see it through before you have to go back to work and give up on your dream. So what leverage does is takes all this junk that you've heard, everything, off the table. Forget it. Forget it all. And then start learning about people like Colin Terrio, who we had on the show last year, and he's featured in the Black Book, and has a has just – when everybody's telling you when you have a business, you have to have a website, a domain, you've got to have landing pages, you've got to have all this stuff. For some reason, Colin didn't believe any of that. He didn't buy into any of that. And he went to Facebook and started a group, one of the most popular groups on the web, probably the most popular, for sure, uh, copywriters group, the Cult of Copy. And his sales page is the pin post that's at the top of that group right now. You can go there right now. Just look up Cult of Copy. It's a private group. He has to let you in. He protects it against spammers pretty 
pretty well. Um, although when some get in, we have a lot of fun. But right at the top is all his sales material in a pinned post on Facebook. And then the link to go buy the stuff is either go to the full post that I made about this copywriting product or go straight to PayPal. There's no website involved at all other than Facebook, but his own website uh, is, is kind of dormant. It's there, and sometimes every once in a blue moon he'll use it for something, but he doesn't even need a website. That's a leveragist. So whatever you think you have on your list that's just going to be crucial, absolutely crucial for you to do to succeed, to get where you're going, Every single thing on that list is suspect until proven against the filter of leverage, in the church of leverage or whatever you want to call it. But through the eyes of a leveragist, every single list of to-dos is suspect until it proves it absolutely has to be and deserves to be on that list. All of it is suspect. <laughs> and what you'll find is you don't need a heck of a lot. We tell people on uh, hug seats sometimes, I would recommend that you do not have a website. Do you know how much work that takes away and how much it shaves off the time and distance between now and your biggest, biggest goals, seeing them come to fruition for your business? You know those big dreams you had when you were first starting your business that you've kind of forgotten about? Just not having a website <laughs> is, I mean, how many of you today had to log in on your website and fix something or do something or talk to the server people because the server went down or... Everything's slow. You had to talk to your webmaster about images that they were supposed to get done last week and they're still not done. How many of you had to do that and a trillion other things just related to owning a website? How much of that contributed to your bottom line? How many sales did that make you today? How much money are you going to make this month chasing your webmaster around for pictures? Nothing. Nothing. You're not going to make anything. And does any of that have any bearing on the value that you bring to the world? That wasn't the idea you had when you sat up in bed at 3 in the morning when you got your idea. I'm going to chase my webmaster around for pictures for two weeks. No, you, you had an idea. You said, I'm bringing value to the world, and, and, and we end up doing 99% of stuff that's not geared toward that. That 1% is really where we're supposed to flip it and make it the 99%. And leverage shows you how to do that. I heard and, you a cackle. Know, well, yeah, because I'm just sitting there thinking, like, I have this list of stuff that I need to fix on sites that aren't making me any money. Uh, right now, I have that list. I'll be doing that after the show. But, you know, it no, you does won't. hit. <laughs> <laughs> you better so, not. You know, well, really, exactly. The, you know, the thing is, is that most people, I think they think that leverage is going, I think it pushes them out of their comfort zone. And it also uh, pushes them, you know, out into the world in, in a oh, yeah. different you know, the interesting thing, yeah, the interesting thing is if you take these people and you put them all in a room, most people can interact pretty okay, and they don't do spammy, stupid things. There's something about being online that will encourage people to just be crazy that way. Um, and, and, you know, so I think it's really funny that we're ta having conversations about don't go up and just start selling stuff to people, which they would never do in real life. Yeah. You know, 
Uh, right, but we but, have to say that. Well, we people be, panic. Yeah, yeah. And so, they, you know, they panic because they don't know what to do. And they also have a list of things that they know they don't want to do. It's not really a list because they don't want to face up to it or own it. Um, one of the chapters in the book is dedicated to helping people over the only real hurdle to becoming a leveragist that, that exists. And that is how to deal with human, other human beings, how to live in this world where, I, where so many people have forgotten what it's like to just go and be a human being talking to another human being. And so we've got, especially in the West, this huge, huge celebrity culture that says, if I have reached a certain level, a certain status, I can no longer talk to you who are all below me, nor can you feel comfortable at all. And if you try, I will smack you down in front of everybody. <laughs> I'll pull this car over, and I will say, you do not even look at me. You can't. You deign not to even see me, speak to me, whatever. That is our celebrity culture in a nutshell because I like leverage yep. and why belabor a point. We all understand what that means. We have that culture except that underneath all those clothes, in, inside that car, underneath the clothes, is a, is, is, a, is a sticky little human being like everybody else who came into this world by themselves and is going to leave by themselves. They're not taking any of that celebrity they're not taking any of that self-importance, that uh, charismatic mega persona, as I like to call it. And a lot of people who aren't anything like the jerk that I just portrayed, they're just really famous, they're, but they're just nice people. And we are scared because we build our own walls, saying that that person is too important, that person is too busy, and I'm not worthy. I haven't paid my dues. I haven't worked hard and strived for perfection enough. I haven't sacrificed. I'm only on my second divorce. How can I possibly prove to this person that I'm dedicated to my business above all else? I, I only, you know, I've, I've only had six ulcers, and I've only been in the emergency room ten times. Uh, I'm, I'm not worthy yet to show how much dedication I have for my craft. So we hold ourselves back from that. And you know how we do it? We go chase webmasters for pictures. We go fix things on our website. We do things that fool us into thinking that we're doing something important toward that big end goal, that big dreamy end goal. What we're really doing is avoiding doing what it's going to take to get that done today and con compressing 12 months into 12 weeks, you know, and, and compressing 12 days into two. That's what we're here to do. If you can possibly do it, there's so many leverage hacks out there. If you got your ego out of the way, and we all have to do that. I have to do this too all the time. If I get my ego out of the way, if I get my excuses out of the way, if I get all that crap out of the way, I won't have to hide behind this work hard ethic all the time, this work hard, work hard. What are you working hard at? Is it going to make you money? No, I've got to get this done before I can make money. So 17 things on my list. I'm going to be up for 17 hours today. Do you have any biohacking supplements I can take to make me feel good because of my lack of sleep? <laughs> If you get all of that crap out of the way and just go, all right, let's, what's that point out in the distance that you want to reach? Who's going to get you there fastest? Because we know that it's not just you. We've totally established that today. It's other people help you. There are stages that have already been built in front of audiences that are massive, and they all are totally targeted to what you do or sell, whatever your value is, whatever your company and brand does.
those audiences have all been put together. There's only one global audience for anything, right? There are only so many people who are into drone racing. And in that audience, all the people who write blogs about drone racing and do all this other stuff, everybody's taking a piece of attention away from that audience. Everybody's trying to control a piece of that audience. There is no unlimited audience at all. If there's a niche worth being in, there's already 100 to 1,000 really rock-solid blogs in that niche. And they're all screaming right now for attention from part of that audience, the only audience that's available. There aren't multiple audiences, but what do we do? We learn from the guy who did it all the hard way, who wrote a, a course, what I call it baby expert, a newborn expert, and they immediately turn around and write a course about how they did it, and they tell you, you've got to have your own channels. You've got to have your Facebook, your Snapchat, your Instagram, your website, your uh, YouTube channel, your uh, 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 just on and on and on. So everybody's bifurcated the Internet so much that nobody can really, if you're interested in drone racing, the only people you can even possibly listen to about that are the biggest players in that niche. The ones who are already established, who've already put the audience together, who've already hit critical mass and have the market share, because all these little guys that are trying to talk about drone racing, I mean, every single one of them has a YouTube channel. Every single one of them has 50,000 tons of content that they each want me to read and consume. And I give up. I'm just going to drones.com. You know? And so the Internet is, is kind of becoming a, a very dense star. And they've got giant, giant, giant heavy things like Facebook and Google and YouTube in the middle of it. And then all this other stuff that people are starting to completely forget. If it's not in an app on their phone, if they can't access it easily, because most people aren't using desktops anymore, so they don't surf like normal. You have to be much more mission-driven to search around on a phone. I mean, you really, really got to want to get out of Facebook to use your phone's browser to do anything. And if you're going to pull somebody out of that environment to your environment, it better be good. <laughs> it better be serious, right? And, and then well, you're thinking, you know, why do I even pull them out of that environment? Why don't I just be like Colin and keep them right there at Facebook? They don't want to leave anyway. That's the app they use the most on their phone, so let's just keep them there. I'm not going to do SEO anymore. I'm not going to do all of that stuff that people have to do to promote their sites because I'm going to be where everybody is right now anyway. That's mega, mega leverage. If that's what you like to do. Now, I've heard other people say that they don't want to have their business in someone else's hands, and I can respect that and understand that. Therefore, they build their community around their platform. They bring them into their site or their yep. forum or their whatever. Because as we all know, these people will change everything and do anything and you know, you have no control yep. over it. It it's a really interesting but you know, all depends on your group. Now I search all these weird things, right? So like I and I was on my phone the other day and normally I do use a desktop because I don't use my phone that much to search, but I was somewhere waiting. And I'm searching for these Weird, obscure, fig tree planting instructions, right? Uh -huh. <laughs> and, of course, every single website I get is, like, minuscule on my phone. And Everybody it gave up.
Nobody's home. Well, they, you know, well, no, they just don't get that much traffic, I'm sure, and it doesn't matter to them. Well, I mean, that's why you, that's but, why you eventually give up. If I'm, if I well, come around and try to sell you on fixing your site so it looks good on mobile, you're the first thing you're going to tell me is I haven't sold enough fig tree plans to do that. Well, I run into that know, all the time. Brick Road Media is, does that every single day, and everything that everybody says is like, I know my site sucks. But I don't get enough tra- – well, we can do SEO for you. Yeah, but because my site sucks and I'm not getting any search traffic, I don't have enough money to pay you. It's, well, it's the part of the web that is slowly being eaten by the rest of the web and by apps and by phone apps. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> you but know, what that, I want to say around that, Jack, is a little different. And that is okay. I didn't give up because I wanted that information bad enough, and it wasn't out there anywhere else. So right. for people thinking that your thing, your little thing or your website isn't worth it or nobody really is interested in that, that's not true because the funny thing is, heck, yeah, I zoomed in on about five or six of them because they're the only people talking about what I really wanted to know. And there's millions of us out there. And so the interesting thing is, you know, uh, Every, I want to say every topic isn't taken. Uh, you know, having a, a a bizarre or, you know, an unpopular or, you know, less popular topic, it's not dead. The, the web no. is still wide open with a lot of things. Right, and, and I'm not disparaging anybody's particular plan, just that every single thing on your list is suspect until it can prove itself that it deserves to be there. If a website deserves to be on that list, make your website prove it needs to be on your list. Don't just right. go, I have to have a website because everybody's got a website. Because what comes with a website, I'm not talking bad about websites. I'm just saying, you know, you guys know what you do on your websites constantly. You know all the problems. And guess what? You're in somebody third-party hands all the time. Because yep. your host just dropped you last night at 4 in the morning. I guarantee you, somebody listening to this, your site went out. You don't own that server. You don't own Rackspace or HostGator or anything else. That's third-party, dudes. Every single thing you do on the Internet is flying behind the tail of a dragon. You are not secure in anything that you use. There's nothing that is 100% totally secure. You guys lost sales last night when your hosts went down when your servers went down. There was nothing you could do about that except call this company and say, when's my site going to be back up? How helpless can you possibly feel? How much different is that than Facebook changing its rules? It's not. It's not different at all. In fact, it's a good thing you have a Facebook presence because your site's not up right now. Hello? The Internet, the entire thing is not nearly as secure as we've all let ourselves believe. So whether or not you need a website is completely debatable. It is not a dumb topic to bring up at all because <laughs> it's just as fallible and, sus- and, and, and susceptible to everything that people make that argument about, well, I'm not going to put my business on Facebook. Really? Because you put it on the worst hosting company you could ever possibly find. didn't seem to bother you then. <laughs> Facebook's up way more than my website ever is. So, well, yeah, so, but and it's I not know, went through the whole domain for everything, you know, and then, yeah. you know, 
GoDaddy will call me and say, you have 8,000 domains, you know, do you need to get on a group thing? And it's like, no, I'm dropping these suckers because you know what? It's too much work. <laughs> Nothing happens. It's it's not like Monopoly. Owning it doesn't matter. It's okay. There are people who are more than willing to own their sites and do all the work that it takes, and the leveragist floats over the top of the Internet like skipping a rock across a pond. We don't get down in the muck. We don't try to swim across. That's inefficient. It wastes too much energy. We skip over it all. The Internet has reached critical mass, right? I mean, there are more people who can come on, lots more people who can eventually come on to the Internet. But we've hit critical mass. Anything worth talking about has been talked about. Anything writing an article about has probably had 150 articles or 150,000 articles, not figuratively, literally, written about it. And there, there are websites all over the place, but there's only the websites in your niche that matter are the ones who hit critical mass themselves. And they're the ones who have your audience. So here's where I think it's really funny. People will start their business and go, I've got to build my audience. And they go out and they start doing it one person at a time. They try to figure out a way to make a cat into, uh, relevant to their business and go viral on social media because cats are so awesome and everybody shares cat pictures. They try to do all these tricks and all this stuff and everything, and, and they try to bring in customers one at a time. And it's so inefficient that it's no wonder that it takes people years to ramp up. And if they make it that far, they get to breathe for a second, you know, go find where their kids are and what grade they're in at this point and what school to pick them up at because they've totally checked out of life just to earn a modicum of success a little tiny puke amount of uh, search engine traffic and all of this stuff because they thought they had to build it all themselves while there was an audience out there the entire time where all you had to do was make friends with the person who had the attention of that audience. But what do people do? That's my competition. I can't talk to them. I can't talk to them. They're, they're, they're not going to, you know, and if I tell them that I exist, <laughs> then I'm going to, you know, they're going to start fighting me. They're going to start taking whatever little traffic I've got. They're going to come and check my site for the keywords I'm ranking for, and they're going to steal them because their sites are some more authoritative. That's lack mentality, uh, and it's really dumb because all you had to do was make friends with that person, and they put their arm around you up on that stage in front of their crowd of 150,000 people who are on their list and the 4 million people who come to their site every month and say, listen to this girl. She knows what she's talking about. Listen to her. And then all of a sudden, you've got everything you thought you were going to have to build over six years in one fell swoop, in one appearance sometimes. Now, you have to ramp up. Sometimes you have to build a portfolio. So you can't start with the Richard Bransons and the Oprahs in your niche. You have to start with the mid-level stuff. But you don't start at the bottom ever as a leveragist. You go to the mid-level stuff and you bring value to people who are only a, you know, a little less hungry than you are. But they have an audience of maybe they have 50,000 visitors a month, and maybe they have a nice 2,000-person list. You do something nice for them. You figure out how you can work with them, bring value into their lives, and they will give you that arm wrap on that stage in front of their audience and say, listen to her. She knows what she's talking about, and they will do it because they're thought leaders because you're trained as a leveragist to go out and find those thought leaders, people who have the rapt, engaged attention of their audience. And they'll do anything and look in any direction that they ask them to do it. Your job as a leveragist is just to get that person to get everybody's head to turn and look at you. 
It's not to go into that audience and try to snipe all of those people off of that list and out of that audience over to you. Here's what happens in that situation. The people you end up getting when you try to steal the attention away from someone else is all of their weakest members, the weakest members of the herd, the limpy, gimpy, and diseased, the ones who like to uh, uh, tire kick you to death, never buy anything, sit and suck up all your bandwidth and, and, and look at all your emails, and whenever there's something for free, they opt in, and whenever there's anything for pay, you never see them again. You're only going to peel the weakest of the herd off of an audience that's really established and very, very engaged around a thought leader who's worked their butt off to, to create that scenario. So why not just go to them and say, look, I mean, <laughs> I, I want to help you. And you've got one person to target in order to get thousands to pay attention to you, all at once in one fell swoop. And then you go to the next person and the next person. Eventually you've got a portfolio of people you've worked with and you can leverage up and leverage up. It's like that donkey that got stuck in the whale. Uh, nobody could figure out how to get him out until somebody started to bury him because surely he's going to die. Might as well just start burying him. So they start throwing dirt into the well. And every time a new scoop of dirt fell in the well, the donkey took up a step, stepped up on top of that dirt until finally the donkey's head pokes out of the well and he's free. That's exactly how leverage works. You keep stepping up. You get one play. You get one favor. You get one appearance on a podcast. You get a big guest blog post. You get something, a mention in somebody's book or whatever, and you take that and you take it to the next person who's a little bigger, and you say, look what I did. They vetted me. I know you like those guys. They won't even try to vet you at that point. If they really trust the guy that you just came from who gave you a really big interview, who gave you a, a spot on their blog to talk, they're going to say, well, if he vetted you, I don't even need to. Yeah, you can blog for me. Yeah, you can be on my next show. Be happy to because you've got some really great stuff. It is so fast to succeed with that. Every single thing that you need right there has nothing to do with your website or your social profiles or anything else. Everything that you need to succeed at that, a million times faster than the person you were before, who had this big, long list of things and all these months and years you were going to have to work to pay your dues to prove to people that you deserve to be on their stage, you could do that in two months. You could do that in one month. You could do that tomorrow. You literally could do it tomorrow. And it's just it's a, it's a mind blower. <laughs> could have said something else, but and that's what I really meant, but it really is. It's just it's so fascinating how we'll get ourselves into these trances and everybody in the business community, online, digital nomads, whatever you want to call us, they're in this giant trance. And they believe there's only one way to get everything done and it's through hard work and perseverance and everything else. And like they've never heard of leverage before. And that they forgot about their dream that they had when they started their business, the really, really big one. I want to have my own airline someday or whatever that might be, and now they're just doing blog posts with cat pictures. And so my mission is to snap everybody out of that as fast as possible. And the starting point for that is a leveraged black book. Hey, we came full circle. And Jack, you're not going to believe this, but we are out of time. I sensed it. I sensed it with my spidey senses. And you wrapped up perfectly. It was amazing. <laughs> Again, for everyone, you can go get on the list to be the first to know when the Leverage Black Book hits the digital shelves at the leveragists, plural, 
dot com. That's T A G L E V E R A G I S T S dot com. We are really looking forward to hearing what you think after you've become a leveragist by reading and applying the Leverage Black Book in the next couple of days to a week. We hope you enjoy it as much as we did in writing it. Awesome, awesome, awesome show, guys. Thank you so much, Jack. I couldn't even get a word in edgewise if I tried. <laughs> I gave you a break. Thank you. Well, we will be back same time, same place next week. And Jack, is it okay if I tell them about the change coming up to the show? Absolutely. On April 1st, you will want to start looking for the show under a new name. Traffic Masters is about to become Leverage Masters Radio. You know, it it just goes along with the whole theme of leverage that has really been a part of my world since the early 2000s. It has always been a part of Directions University's world. And in all the work that Jack and I have done together, it's always been the thing we've done, leverage. So we're just really making things more congruent so you guys can realize it as well. Thanks so much, everybody. We'll be back next week, same time, same place, for another episode. Have a great week, guys. Great week. Bye-bye. Join us Tuesday at noon Eastern for the next episode of Traffic Masters. From traffic to conversion to business success.